Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Let's Huddle with Ed Cunningham, a show at the intersection of sports, sports media, Hollywood, and hopefully life itself. I'm Ed, the host and producer of the show. This episode is actually part two of a two-part conversation with Lincoln Kennedy. Lincoln was a college teammate of mine at the University of Washington, who went on to play in the NFL. He's now an entrepreneur and a radio and TV commentator. We have a lot in common. I have a lot of respect for Lincoln. But there are two key differences in this moment and for this conversation. Lincoln is black, and he played in the NFL for John Gruden. I asked him to share what the roller coaster has been like over the last week after hateful emails from Gruden were revealed, and then he resigned as the coach of the Raiders. Lincoln has known Gruden for over 20 years. I've known Lincoln for over 30. I've always found him grounded and thoughtful, as was the case here. I thank him for sharing his perspective. And one program note, our conversation includes discussions of racism, sexism, and homophobia. It is complex and mature with some mild cursing. As for part one, It's a real nice where are they now that I'll share later down the road, a story-sharing trip down memory lane for Lincoln and I. I'll put that up soon. Part two felt more urgent, a deeper dive into life with my old friend, Lincoln Kennedy. I'll take you back. This is going to be part two now. Right. That's what I'm calling this. Yeah, yeah. The first one is you and I catching up and being friends and sharing some laughs. And I'm listening to that the other day, just making some small edits and getting the music ready to edit and all that. And it's a great conversation, Lincoln. I think people are going to be happy with what we talked about, but I'm getting, as I'm listening to, uh, (laughs) I was talking, the wall street journal reports, um, a racist email from John Gruden to the president of the Washington football team tangled up in all that mess. And I'm, th- I'm actually on the phone with my editor. He's like, hey, did you see this headline? I don't think anything of it, you know, because it's just you. I'm just listening to you and I talk. But then as I'm picking the music and I'm about to put together part one of this now, two-part uh, interview and, and misogynistic, gay, homophobic, transphobic, especially given the Raiders having the first out gay player, I just, I hit pause. <laughs> That's when I called you. Yeah, I think shortly so. after John Gruden resigned, Gruden was a, a colleague of mine at ESPN when these emails right. were sent. Right. Um, I know people who worked with him. I haven't talked to any of them. You played for John Gruden in the NFL. Yep. You've covered him now as a broadcaster in his return to the NFL. You are a business owner. Yep. You are a radio and television personality. And I think a key difference between your and my resumes are very similar Right. White and you're black. Right. How did that email hit you when you first saw what he said about Demora Smith? First of all, you're you're white. (laughs) Um, You know what? In in all honesty, bud, it's 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 been a process this entire week. Um, I don't really know how to put it in words because the only way that I've been able to process it is the fact that I've, I felt like I've been kicked in the gut. I, I felt like, in all honesty, I felt like I've been betrayed at a level that I, I don't think I've ever experienced in my life. You thought you knew someone and then you see this other side of this person. And you don't know where to go. 
What's hard for me, Ed, is the fact that I've known this person for 23 years. I remember him getting hired in 1998. Were you there? Was were you? I was. Okay, I so was. you were already on the team when he was yeah, hired. Exactly. Yeah. I remember him coming over to the Raiders. I remember him getting the head coaching job. I remember him seeing. I, I remember seeing him day one when he got hired in the facility in Alameda uh, of Oakland, California. And I remember that, you know, he pulled me to the side and he said, you know, I'm going to, and, you know, I kind of quote, it's, he said, I I need you big fella. I need you to be with me. I need you to buy into what I'm doing because we're going to turn things around. And I remember following him. And I remember as, you know, in, in, the, in the, the sort of the late part of my career, because it didn't, it, it, ended, it ended shortly after he got there. I remember having some of the best years of my professional playing foot career. Made all pro. I, I, I went to Pro Bowls. We, we had playoff games. We had a couple AFC championships. Blah, 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 blah. So I thought that I got to know the person there. Was there anything racist? Was there anything homophobic? Was there nothing. ever not nothing. a sign? Nothing, nothing, nothing. <laughs> it's and that's what's so gut gut wrenching. And and have you shared that? Have other <laughs> you know you played with Tim Brown and yeah. you know have you did they feel that way as well? I haven't talked to any of the guys since this yeah. has happened. It's it's been short lived. It's been a lot of a lot to process as i mentioned okay. i haven't i haven't talked to any of the guys but um you know it's it, it earlier this week I, I would say this this past weekend before the bears game i found myself trying to process the fact that he made the the the, the racial slurs toward towards demari De, De smith yeah. and he nflpa and the Michelin ellipse and stuff like that. I, I, I found myself trying to process it because I was trying to say, well, you know, it was, it was 10 years ago, you know, it's, it's one email and it, you know, yes, it's racial, racial connotations and let, let's see if we can get through this. And also Never. you're wearing another hat too, because you're the radio broadcaster. Absolutely. For the team. That's a, Absolutely. a very intimate role, which we'll get to in a minute, but that's well, also yeah. a hat you're wearing. Yeah. So, you know, and, and going to, and so in, in all, you know, on top of this, just a little side note. Um, I'm not sure if you're aware, but uh, Southwest uh, had a tons of uh, Southwest airlines had tons of cancellations this past weekend. Mm-hmm. And one of the cancellations included my flight. And so I had to drive from Phoenix to Vegas to do the game mm. versus the Bears and, um, and and drive back. So I was not necessarily happy with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a lot of time. Well, maybe yeah, some yeah. maybe some time to. Yeah, no, yeah, I get exactly. you. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah, there were there were a lot of things that were going on on top of the, you know, seeing this email about Demarie Smith, uh, you know, uh, from Gruden and stuff. So, so there was a lot of things I had to process, and I was trying to make do uh, how we we're going to handle this on the broadcast. Are we going to bring it up? You know, you know, you know, you're in the business, so you know yeah. how that goes. Uh, but 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 never was I prepared for the information that I saw Monday night mm-hmm. and you know, Ed, it was, 
It was it, it was in all honesty, uh, bro. It was it was it was a time where I was watching a game with my sons. Oh, got a fifteen year old and a twelve year old son, and they both idolize me and what I did, and they both want to try to pursue a career in sports and broadcast and everything else. And they both of them, both of them, when uh, when the news was reported, you know, looked at me. And they both looked at me and, and asked, my, especially my 15-year-old, Dad, what's up? Is John Gruden a racist? And I had no answer. That's how hard it hit me. I don't know if the guy that I know or I thought I knew from 23 years is a racist. Mm. I don't. Because he's never shown me anything like that. I've, I've, I've broken bread with this man. I've had dinner with him and his family when we were over in London, when we were about when, when, I mean, when I played for him, I thought I got to know him when he went to ESPN, it was very sparingly, but I, I, I crossed paths with him and, and, and our work when he got rehired, I was there. Yeah, you were already calling games, games, right? Absolutely, yes. I was there when Mark Davis, you know, announced that he was the the the, the head coach again. You, were you in see the what room? I'm saying? So, I, I I over at the facility in Alameda in, in, in California, I remember I remember talking to him when we had the preseason game against Green Bay in Canada, and I remember specifically asking him, "Dude, what are you doing? You were the king." You were the king of of, of, of of football. You were the the, the modern day equivalent to John Madden. You had everything. You had Monday Night Football on ESPN. You had Gruden's coaches corner and all this yeah, all this yeah, other stuff. Yeah. You, you know, you were the king. Why would you come back? And he told me, "I miss coaching. I miss being being around it all the time." And he wanted another chance. So I have no. I had no inkling, no whatsoever piece of, of of the hatred and the, the the belligerency if you will of the emails that I saw over the past couple of days yeah yeah when what'd you say to your son what's been your answer to your 50 own son since then <laughs> I still haven't got to back to it you what know, do you want to say to him I want to tell him the truth but I don't know what the truth is. I don't know if these emails are are are, are, are a what is this? What, what am I looking for? Ed? If it's actually the person, if it's if it's actually John Gruden, I don't know if mm. what I thought was John Gruden. I'm hurt. I really am. Yeah. I'm hurt. I'm betrayed. I'm disappointed. I don't. There, there's there's too much hate in this world, if you know what I mean. Mm. So I can't ignore it. You know, you know what's fascinating uh, about football for me? I've had a pretty complicated relationship with the game. I, I, I definitely uh, am still around it. It's still part of my dreams sometimes. I don't know if you have the late to a game dream. Uh, okay, I still have that. <laughs> yeah. I haven't played since the mid nineties. So it's story. in my fiber. It's in my fiber of my body. And the one thing that I never would have understood, even close to um, where I, you know, I think have 
a, a, a deep compassion and a much deeper understanding of what it is to be a black man in America because of football. Right. I played with a majority black teammates in both college and the NFL. Some of the, you know, that, that was in my one year in the Cardinals, I think we were, there was six white guys on the roster of 45. I mean, right. it was a really predominantly black. And then as it became a storyteller and I'm covering these kids that you and I cover in college football, they're all mostly from broken homes. They Certainly. are from Certainly. bad neighborhoods where football yeah. and the military are sort of the two ways out for these families and these kids. And then the, the, the part that pushed me over the edge where I realized, wow, it, it is so what my experience was as a, a American football player versus yours was we did that film undefeated about the high school football team, right? North Memphis, Tennessee. Right. And right. I wasn't even there much. The filmmakers did such a great job, but they filmed everything. They filmed for right. six months, like 12 hours a day. And the footage we would see of these homes and these kids, you know, it's to have the guy who's then leading them out. That, that was the twist for me is this is a black sport. Right. Football is a predominantly black athlete sport at the highest Certainly. levels. Yeah. And then to have a guy who puts on that Pied Piper, I, I, I can't, you know, uh, I, I think um, Keyshawn Johnson used a word that I used that I started using a lot in broadcasting because you meet a lot of these coaches, right? Certainly. Certainly. And, hey, good to see you. Yeah. You know, it's very used car salesman. When we would leave meetings, yeah. we would use the code fraud, not a fraud. Right. Is this guy for real or is that just a sale? Because there's a high percentage of frauds who, who sort of sell that. You know, that's the part that I think Keyshawn nails is you feel you've been defrauded. Is that fair? At this particular point, yes. But, you know, what? here's the thing. You and I have had it throughout our careers, we've come across people who always wanted us to buy in. Mm. to what they were saying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what, you know, in part one, you and I spoke of Joe Bugle yeah. and, and I'm not lumping Joe Bugle in with John Gruden. No, 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 I, no, no. I have I no reason. I love Joe right. as a person. Yeah, so did I. So did yeah. I. But yeah. However, I was asked to buy him because you were almost drafted by the Cardinals. I was, I spent right. four years or two years with Joe and four years in the organization. And it was a slippery slope with him. He would tell yeah. you one thing and do another. And so yeah. you very quickly learn not to trust anything he said. And yeah. players uh, know that. Players, big thing. The yeah, the big thing that I that I felt about Bugle was the fact that he was a great offensive line coach. He might even been a, a great coordinator, but he was not a great manager, head coach. Yeah. And I remember Whereas very Gruden early. Seems to have had you know. Yeah, obviously exactly. He won a Super Bowl. He was Certainly. one of the only coaches ever traded. He was traded yeah. from the Raiders when you were playing right. for them to the. I, re I remember that day vividly as well. I remember <laughs> coach. I, I remember talking with with Al Davis about it. You know, Al Davis specifically called me, brought me into his office to talk to me about the fact that they were going to tra trade John Gruden. And and I was disbelief. You know, the, the the last game that John Gruden coached that I played for was the Tuck Crew game. Mm. And I remember specifically that but anybody game. listening should just uh, search up the Tuck Rule game. It's yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. versus New out. England. Yeah, you know he 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 said that he said in the post you know post game meeting that we had in a locker room. 
They're never going to allow you to win as Raiders. Uh, uh, those were his specific words. And and and, and as a player, to a coach, I'm like, what, what the hell? Why, why would you why would you say that? What do you you know what are you doing? But it wasn't long after that where I talked with Al Davis and he told me that uh he made a proposal to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that he didn't think they were gonna accept a trade route Davis, because he was Davis like, did. They, yeah, yeah. Al Davis And said, why is Davis trading this guy? That's the big question. So so okay, so Al Davis one, knows one thing that you had to remember or? about yeah, you had to remember about Al Davis is that Al Davis felt and may he rest in heaven. Al Davis felt that if he put the best team together, in my opinion, a six year old could coach him to a championship. He never paid that much attention or that much uh, how much as players do we know that in the modern game not to be true exactly but but at the time this is what he he stood fast this is team he could do this this was his philosophy this is the way and did he not want to pay him a bunch of money he he did he did not want to pay him a bunch of money he did not want to make him a top tier coach got it even the success that we had do you know if al davis didn't like him rubbed him the wrong way was there a personal issue there do you think I don't think it was a personal issue. Al Davis was a control freak. And he never wanted to relinquish that amount of control to anyone. Anyone who worked for the Raiders had to understand the hierarchy. That There was no one who was bigger than the shield. And there was no one who was even close to the esteem of Al Davis. Al Davis was the man. So if you were yep. coach, you were an under his kingdom, and and yeah, he exactly had right. Yep, exactly right. So and and, and I want to uh, in part one we talk about Alan that you you like him and respect him and he oh yeah you know, with, with the utmost respect yeah I, I didn't and, agree and you with trusted him, him too so yeah I, I didn't agree true. with him about coaches but I yeah. understood what he was what he what he was where he was and, and so you know he had he had mentioned specifically to me that that he never appreciated organizations that came under came after people who were under contract. He was approached by Tampa Bay, the Buccaneers and the upper management, and they asked what it would take to get John Gruden. And so he established a list of demands, and they obliged him. Yeah. And so, you know, when he, he was like, well, I, I asked for a king's ransom, and I got it, and so I'm going to have to let him go. Hmm. And, and, you know, we followed up that conversation when we were talking about, well, we need, a, we, need, we need a head coach. Who do you think we should go with? And I said, we should, we should hire from within because we're too close to what we've established. We, we've got a good football team, and that's how Bill Callahan got the job. Mm. So that's another story for another day. But yeah. um, back to what we're talking about, never once, never did once did I, I ever think that the – the messages that I read in the emails was a person that I regarded as a friend. And, you know, to even to this moment, as I'm talking to you, um, I'm still stunned by it. I bet. Yeah. I, I, is part of you wondering if this is one communication with one pal that, unfortunately was also the president of the Washington football team, which I think should go by WTF now, not WFT. Cause right. like what, like seriously, um, you know, that's how all this spun out. Um, it sort of sounds like you, 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 you're hoping it's just this one guy over these years. Cause they were drinking buddies back after college or something. And that, yeah. you, you know, it sort of feels because 
put keep your hand down if you've never said a racist or harmful thing about people. Certainly. Certainly. Right? Certainly. All of us have to raise our hand. Right. We all yeah. have to. Yeah. And um is that sort of what you're, you know, I don't know if hope is the right word, but you've got a lot invested in this guy, Lincoln. I, <laughs> you know, I bought into Don James. I bought into my yeah. high school coach, Bruce Patrick. I bought into Keith Gilbertson, our offensive yeah. coordinator and offensive line coach at Washington that we won a yeah. championship with. Those people never once betrayed me ever. Right. The opposite. Uh, you know, you know what, 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 in, in all honesty, Ed, um, what's most difficult is I felt that I knew both of these men, John Gruden and Bruce Allen. Bruce Allen was the oh. reason why I became a Raider. Oh, Lincoln, I'm sorry. I yeah. had, I, yeah. wow, yeah. I, yeah. I had yeah. forgotten. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's why, that's why it's been so hard. I forgot that connection. To process this. You see what I'm saying? I, 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 I thought, I, I don't, it's, uh, Man, it's they traded so the topless fresh. picture of a Washington exactly. cheerleader, Lincoln. Yeah, yeah, you I know, know, I know. It's it's it, it's it's <sighs> grotesque for grown men in those positions to do that. It's so hard to fathom the the the, the entirety of of what we're looking at mm. or what we're what we're seeing because I felt that I knew both of these men well. I, I I don't know where to put it. It's such a big slam in the face for a judgment of character when you think, oh, yeah, yeah, I know, I know Bruce Allen. Oh, I know John Gruden. No, I don't. And Lincoln, just because you and I both did it this way, you leaned in so far, you became a team leader, a team captain yes. who could say to Al Davis, yes. when he says we trade our coach, who should we hire? And you say from within, yes, you had built up credibility and exposed yourself, frankly, yes, absolutely, being a leader. So this absolutely. was you weren't a, a quiet mouse in the corner. No, no, I, 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 I defended. Um, both of these men and to some degree in some sense you know even when even when the the trade happened and even when we went to the super bowl we played against gruden bruce allen was there i think he was he was sent over the maybe that year or maybe the year after whatever i can't remember but he was he he, he participated with tampa bay he was with tampa bay for a while before he moved to the washington football team and and then you know I said all along that people wanted to blame Barrett Robbins and all the other extenuous circumstances. I said, look, John Gruden knew us better than we knew ourselves. He was the reason why we lost that game. He went to his defensive coordinator and he said, look, when, when the Raiders see this, this is what they're going to do. This is what they're going to call. This is the routes they're going to run. Look, look their defense knew us. They knew yeah. our audibles. They, that, they defense, had that, that defense was really good, too. They had the You, you had your handful. Absolutely. You had your handful that afternoon. I remember. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, so, you know, it, yeah. I, it, was, it was, and then when John Gruden wanted to make a play back into professional football, when I first heard the, 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 the sort of rumors about it, when he was still broadcasting with ESPN, I didn't want to believe it, but I was like, hey, it just makes sense. He wants a second go around. His, one of his idols is Mike Holmgren. So, you know, there's a part of him that wants to see if he can wear the, the, the you know, the hats, the many hats and coach, a, a, a coach another program to a Super Bowl and rebuild it. I defended him. So, you know, yeah. like I said, with, with Bruce Allen, with, with John Gruden, it was a very, um, it, it was, it, it was a very big letdown, if that makes sense.
Oh man, I, I had completely forgot. Yes, it does. It would be as if, you know, the three men I mentioned, the three people I bought in the most with, yeah. I saw all this, but, but again, I'm a white heterosexual male. The Raiders have the first out gay player in history in Carl Nassib. How's you've been around the team. Yeah. He took a personal day yesterday, which, you know, I know, I, I know Mike Mayock. I worked with Mike yeah. at CBS and I thought Mike handled well and, and gracefully, how has it been before the email, before, before the emails, before the firing, what had you witnessed uh, for Carl and how it had been going for well, him? Well, the, the, today is, is Thursday. Yesterday, Wednesday was their first practice day. Mm. Carl Nassib took a, a, a leave of absence for a personal day. Um, there's been some speculation. I haven't had a chance to talk to him, but there's been some speculation and rumors that he might be asking for a trade or to be released. Mm. Um, things like that. There's, you know, Mayock and Rich Masaccia, the in, interim head coach who, who I know well and, and have had a decent relationship with him. Goodness gracious. I'm saying this tongue in cheek because I don't know if I have a decent relationship with anybody these days. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, but yeah, I think have, have been trying to process the fact that when a lot of this information came out, it was on Monday. Tuesday was normally the, the, the player's day off. Um, they're trying to get back into the normal routine, trying to focus on the Broncos who they play this week, weekend. Um, trying, to, trying to put it all together. And in trying to move forward, I think the coaching staff and the, and the and the administration are doing the best job that they can. But you know, the thing is, is that it's going to come from an internal leadership. Darren Waller, Max Crosby, you know, uh, Derek Carr have all said the right things as of yesterday to say that we're putting this behind us and we're moving forward. Along with Mike Mayock, Rich Bisacci, and the coaching staff that that did interviews. So, you know, COVID protocols have changed a lot of things, the dy dynamics that we do in the locker rooms. And, 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 and you Yeah, know, you're not around this. the players yeah. as much exactly. as you, you would exactly. be normally. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of taking a lot of this tongue-in-cheek from, from yeah. you know, excerpts and, and, and interviews and stuff like that. So I don't have a feeling, a direct feeling, that I can attribute to, to where I can sit there and say, look, I look into this guy's eyes and I think he's in or he's out or what have you. So I, I, you know, it's funny now that I'm outside the game, how could the, how could, uh, uh, how could, uh, if someone's black or gay or maybe, maybe closeted because that, you know, whatever, right, or, or dealing right. with, you know, not having, you know, sort of, uh, having some identity things that they want to work through, uh, man, going to play the Broncos is just like, <laughs> <laughs> you're right. I mean, honestly, <laughs> I, I, and I'm a white guy. Yeah. And yeah. because I played with, you know, I mean, I, I started on an offensive line for the Cardinals where I was the only white player on five right. guys. I, right. you know, I played right. for we sharp yeah. and Lance yeah. Smith and some of these great players. And, you know, I, I had, you, you know, I played with you. The offensive yeah. line is a bond. Yeah. Certainly. That when it works together, it is a personal bond. You yeah. do become friends. You do hang out. You do no things doubt. together. You like each other. Yeah. And, you know, I would, if I'm playing next to, you know, I got to worry about, does this matter to him? And yeah. should we even play? <laughs> I mean, you know, I, quote unquote, the show must go on. This one, yeah. because of the way you've described it, 
how many black players and maybe Carl Nassib have fully bought in to John Gruden I don't like know. you had because he's been know. there three years. Yeah, I enough that it I, enough I, that they're feeling the same betrayal. I bet you know it, or something it's really a difficult bet. question to answer because I don't know. And then and then if I were in that locker room, I'd be saying, did Mike Mayock know this? Did right. Did Mark yeah. Davis know this? Yeah. You know, was it signed off on? Yeah. Um, you know, the, 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 the big thing. I mean, I, we don't have any reason to believe that. And I, I want right. to be clear. We have no reason to believe that. But I'm just saying that the doubt creeps in when you get a, a rug pulled out from under you like this. Of Hey, here, there, there, this is a very young team. We're speaking of the, today's Raiders, the 2021 Raiders. It's a very young team. Um, their experience and their veteranism comes from guys who a lot of guys who are on one-year contracts mm. kj wright denzel perryman casey hayward these were frequent frequent no, no, recent i'm sorry recent acquisitions mm. that in in the haste of the moment and the sense of urgency were, were, yeah, they're were, playing for their next contract exactly yeah you see what i'm saying so their influence and I've been one of those guys. Well, look, as a professional, then you got to ball out, right? Absolutely. You're going to be on film. Right. You're yeah. Be on so you're, you're going to ignore so, these yeah. internal circumstances. You got to no, do And, 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 and fair right. enough. You got a family. You got things to take care of. Like, yeah, I get yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. So, so the, you know, the answer to you, the, the short answer to your question is I don't know. I don't, I don't know how this team, there have been already, there have already been people who, who put the sort of, lackluster performance that the Raiders had against the Bears this past Sunday attributed to that, to what's going on with Gruden. Mm. I don't buy into it, but be, you know, you, you, you just don't know, but not, not being in that locker room. So there's a lot of things that are weighing very well, heavily. Well, it, Cause that was the wall street journal that had already reported the, the, the Morris Smith and, uh, uh, Friday. Exactly. That's exactly right. right. So, yeah, well, yeah. and, and you know, that's the one that, you know, we're talking about a a, a majority black man yeah. athlete sport. Yeah. Yep. I mean, to get that one first. Yeah. Just and 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 I want to hit a hit, hit really quick here. The thing that bothered me personally, I work with the NFLPA. I work with NFL Players Inc. The for profit side, the licensing side. They're really good people, and right. they do right by thousands of NFL players, not just the guys on the field. And that was the part that that bothered me is I know and work with people who work directly with the executive director of the NFLPA. Right. It the NFL and the NFLPA working together have created the value of the current NFL together. That's always right. forgotten. Right. That with with labor peace became the the big media companies could then yep. buy into the tune of billions. True story. Right. And, yep. and without that, you know, the union always gets sort of um, thrown, you know, uh, oh, unions are terrible. Well, I belong yeah. to the NFLPA. I am still a member of the NFLPA yeah, and proud to yeah. be. And yeah. that's the part that bummed me out is yeah. look at the NFL's value. If you don't yeah. have a good, smart, solid NFLPA, the union, right? you wouldn't have labor peace like they have. Yeah. They haven't yeah. had significant stock. They haven't had anything because there's so much money on both sides. And it's now basically a 60-40 split, Certainly. and let's rock and roll, and I'll make a bunch yeah. of money, and they have. Yeah, that, so that's the, the part that bummed yeah. me was John Gruden, not only was he racist, he was full of crap. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, and I remember you know, Gene smart. Upshaw that, when not, he was alive true. And, and being around Absolutely Gene not. Upshaw, he was, he was talking about the value, constantly the value of labor peace. I was a union rep for my years at the Raiders. 
and, and so yep. I, I understand. I understand wholeheartedly what you're saying, and I agree with you. I was part of the first free agency class, '92 right. draft. Yep. I got that yep. first three-year, four-year window yeah. of yeah. restricted and free agency, yep. and it 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 benefited me not only at the beginning, but when I was ready to leave the Cardinals after four years, it was seamless. I just went yeah. to another team, right? And 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 they even made an offer, a decent offer for me to stay, and I was just ready for a change. So I, right. I benefited from that labor. And then I was a part of the ratification of the second CBA because we were, you know, in set 95 when they were yeah. ready to redo right. the deals. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. So you'd have been in the league. And yeah. so I had, you know, we made some changes to how the yeah. revenue was split and, and think of the boom, you know, and that's what's, you know, college athletics is going to wrestle with this because they're, they're going to be splitting a lot of revenue with athletes now. Yeah. They, no doubt. they have to. So, uh, you know, that was the part that personally, offended me and it's right. more professionally is I know people who work for as they call him D Smith. I know people right. who are really integral into the COVID safety, the concussion safety and the business merchandising and all the work they do for the players off the field. And, you know, I, I'm sure people read that like, Oh, they must be not good at their job and unions are terrible. And I, uh, to me, that's not the case. And that, that, yeah. that bothered me. I, I want to, this is, you're a business owner. You're a yeah. black business owner. Uh-huh. You have to have, you know, human resources and what are the rules of this type of stuff? When that second batch of emails lands, because I don't think it's fireable on the first email. Right, right, right. Um, do you have to fire someone in your companies and the way you guys operate and do business? Would you fire John Gruden? In this day and age, you had to. Yeah. You had to. You had to. Everyone, you know, look, I've had this discussion with my kids in many respects. I'm thinking about all of last year when the racial turmoil that was, you know, seemed to be surfacing in this country. I felt very strongly that this this country in general was on the border on the brink of a racial war. And I told my kids and I, I made it specific. I, I live in I live in, in in a predominantly white neighborhood in in Arizona. And when anyone would move into our neighborhood, it, notice a, a new house was being turned over for sale, whatever. I made it a point to take my kids with me to that new house and mm. introduce ourselves. Why? Because I felt that I did not want anyone to step out their house and see black kids, my kids playing in the yard and think that it was something was wrong mm. or they need to be on. How often know, have you witnessed that or has that happened with you? Oh, <laughs> it's <laughs> racial profiling is a part of this country. It has happened to me many times since I've lived here. I've lived in Phoenix for 16 years Ed, mm. and it's happened to me a number of times and I did not want anything mm. to happen to my children. So I wanted to make sure that everyone that with within sights difference or whatever, a stone's throw away from my house knew that they, they, they were there. There was a reason why they were here. They belong mm. here. Mm. You see what I'm saying? I felt compelled to do that. And, and I get that instinct as a father. How do you frame that for your kids to make it you know, this is a practical matter. This is, you have to be aware of, and then maybe spin it to what can we all do to not have to. From a very young age, I I sat them down with me. 
whether we were watching TV, CNN, the, 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 the demonstrations, whatever I said, because you are, you are a person of color, you're different and people are going to view you different. People are going to treat you different. And it's important for you to maintain a level of consistency of respect, but of all on all honesty, pride of who you are. Never be afraid to demonstrate who you are, your thoughts, your philosophies, as long as you do not infringe or, you know, or go against somebody else or hurt anybody in any way, stand your ground. But I told every one of my children, I love you dearly. I would do anything for you. Never be afraid to admit who you are. But if by all means, you are, you, you are a person who belongs in this community. You belong here. Mm. And, and I'm going to do everything to support that. And, and that's why I make it a point for you to say hi to your neighbors. Say, you know, you go out in your yard and, and be prideful when you're, 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 you know, trimming or, or, you know, cleaning up your, your, your surroundings, but, 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 but making, you know, make no, don't try to sell yourself short. Anything that you do in this community, I'm going to hear about, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, cause everyone yeah. knows you're my children. You know what I'm saying? And and so I'm representing you. You are representing me. We're going to do it with a level of pride and everything else. But, you know, don't there. There's nothing to be ashamed of. You are yeah. who you are. You belong here. I, I'll share this because I think it matters. My kids and the kids in the community and the school my kids go to. I think we've dealt really well with really from the pandemic through George Floyd, you know, sort of the 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 mixture of those two things where our kids uh, talk more about race now than I ever did. Like we didn't talk about race politics and money in my neighborhood growing up, which is the opposite of that conversation you had to have with your kids. And I think I applaud you. That's a, uh, sounds like a very um, taking your power back way to deal with this thing that we, as black people have to deal with, you know, speaking from, you know, your perspective, but, you know, I will say that I think younger kids are having far more conversations that, you know, for my kids, they're not going to grow up and ever think they should call the cops because there's black kids across the street in a yard. Right. They're just not, you know, we live in a much more diverse community. Um, They, you know, have a very diverse set of friends and kids from school. So, I'm just sharing that because, man, that's got to be. I don't have to have that conversation with my kids, Link. No, <laughs> no, really, sir. No, you know, I mean, and, and look, in all honesty, it's it's something. Um, my ex-wife and I, we we we've talked about, you know, just being straightforward. Um, it was something that was important to me for so many ways. I've got my ex-wife and I. We have two boys together. 15 and 12 or soon to be 13 now. And I'm also raising my niece who's, who's 15. So I've got three teenagers in my home. Um, as, as a single man, I've tried to as much as possible deal with the realities of this world and not try to escape it. Yeah. Racism is a big part of it. There are people who are going to judge you for the color of your skin. 
it hurts me to say this even to this day, but it's a reality. And so I'm not escaping that reality. I'm dealing with it head on. But more importantly, I want my kids to know early because no one had this conversation with me when I was their age. No one told me about this. So they, so you can feel betrayed as a seven-year-old. Yes. That this white person who lives across the street is treating you like a, you know, exactly. whatever. And, 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 you know, think of how betrayed and hurt yes. and angry you are, John Gruden, right now. Yes, exactly. Well, good for you. That's, that's and And, and, and it's, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a smack in the face because, you know, for the last, what, 72, 96 hours, however long hell it's been, I'm trying to, I'm trying to put it behind me. Yeah. I'm, I'm walking around with saying, I thought I knew someone, but I didn't. Yep. And I don't. Well, and it's a trust level as we've built up that that's hard, that. you know, football is a brutal physical game. Yeah. So there's yeah. a level of buy-in that's not quite military, but there are some parallels because without a doubt. Without I mean, there's carnage. You know, yeah. you and I broke stuff and twisted stuff and had stuff put back in on the field. True story, my play. friend. True story. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, man. Well, so here you are. You're going to continue calling games. Do you feel comfortable calling games for the Raiders now? I don't think the man represents the organization, truly. To me, the Raiders are a epitome of diversity, especially the fan base, the Raider Nation. Um I love the organization. I, I, I adore the fan base and I will not allow one man to bring me down to a level to where I, I created a disdain or a mistrust or I, you know, a, 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 an inkling of dislike. I don't yeah. think he represents it. I was bamboozled. I was fooled and I'm coming to terms thinking that, you know, this is the, this, this is just one person. He does not represent the image. He does not re- represent the whole mm. thing. So I, I've, I've got to carry on doing what I do because the, the, you know, to me, Ed, the, the well, you'd be letting down a lot of people. You, I mean, exactly. you've, you've built rapport with Brett yeah. Musburger, you know, yeah. with your producer. I mean, yeah, yeah, it does go beyond you. I understand. Exactly. That. Yeah. Are you going to talk to Mark Davis directly? I am when, uh, when I get the chance, I am. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully this weekend when we go to Denver. Yeah, yeah, because you you you're not just the radio analyst for this no. team. Yeah, no. you you're no. one of the cornerstone players, and I mean you're a name brand and should be um, well, in Raider Nation. So, um, are you going to talk to John Gruden? I'm not there yet. I don't. I other than you know, other than the words, what the hell were you thinking? I don't. I don't know what I'm going to say to him. Do you want to? I do. I do. Yeah. I would too, man. Yeah. Well, thanks, Lincoln. You got it, brother. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. And uh, this will be a much deeper part two. Part one will be the yachts and giggles. And, uh, you think so? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Thanks again, Lincoln. It's been good to reconnect and be reminded of how gracefully you do what you do. You can hear Lincoln call the Raider games on Raider Nation Radio. Search it up and you can find where it streams or plays near you. And he also calls college football games on the Pac-12 Network and for Fox. Resources for this interview, 
include reporting by the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal. Let's Huddle with Ed Cunningham is a production of True Stories Incorporated, and this episode was produced by me and edited by Ryan Lindsay of Fushaw Media. The Believe team on the Let's Huddle beat, Alex Tasopoulos, producer, Carter, audio engineer, Cam Rogers and Connor Haynes, who helped with the marketing. Cam also hosts Golf Bets on Us, a golf betting podcast. And my first contact with Team Believe, Bron Husenstam, the chief executive. Thanks, everyone. If you like what you're hearing, you can find the show wherever you cast for podcasts. Please follow and share. And if you're a social media type, we're on Twitter at Let's Huddle With. On Facebook, Let's Huddle With Ed Cunningham. Instagram, Let's underscore Huddle underscore With underscore Ed. And the old school webpage. Go to Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, and search up Let's Huddle to get to our site. Thanks for listening, and thanks to Lincoln for being willing to share. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.